Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Stable of Studs. I am indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me today are my other host. We have Jane, Jimothy James Dean. How are you doing today, sir? What's up, sir? What's, what's going on, gentlemen? Hey, can I finish the intros before we ask what's, what's going on with everybody? I'm going to do that, man. Uh, I'm just, literally going to do that. I was just asking. All right, great. I, I was asking, you, asking, but I was asking you because nobody ever asks how Tank is. So, oh, thanks. Sorry. You know sorry. what? I, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Thank see you if so you ever asks again. Well, Shit. Good. I'm glad. Anyway, moving on. Mailman Mike, the better of the, the of the Dufresne brothers. Uh, how are you doing oh, today, sir? <laughs> I am. I am doing great uh, today. Instead of the mailman, you can call me the doctor of psychology today. Oh yes, good lord. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that the, is that the male version of Burt Baker's? Who <laughs> oh. was so over, by the way. Uh, but yeah, and then is we she? have hell yeah, she is, dude. Okay. First off, I'll give Burt Baker this. She saved. One of the dullest personas ever by doing whatever this crazy shit is. I, I couldn't give a fuck less about Britt Baker until this whole gimmick. So I give her props exactly. for doing something uh, to get my attention. Oh, and and we'll, we'll jump into that real quick because I do want to touch on something. But I do want to finish introducing everybody because that would be rude. And I am not rude. Forever. Much like our guest. I know I do. Like we just get start, start you know. First of you've introduced the only people that matter. But That's true. That's very true. Right, besides, Adam, besides Adam. All right, I'm going to dip out. I'll see you guys uh, yeah, you whenever. Lose. You know you're going to lose today. <laughs> anyway. I didn't lose last time. Anyway, uh, so, uh, of course, we have Adam freaking Danger. How you doing, sir? Da, 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 da. Oh, I'm my. here. <laughs> <laughs> and at, then... at what hour today did you think of that and then just sit on it? <laughs> Uh, probably around five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just end the show now. It's just yeah, exactly. Let's end on a high note. Thank you again for listening. Uh, and then of course, uh, Tanner Turdway, how you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm having a good day. It's been a good day. Well, it's, it's about to get shitted on. Shat upon. I'm gonna shat all over your day today. And hey, we have a special guest today, guys. Uh, we have Trevor White Taker. Oh, sorry, Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker. Wow. <laughs> wow. There's only one E in my name. I see how this is going to go. Okay. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. Uh, to be fair, it could be normally, Turnway, so it, it could be worse. <laughs> normally, normally we, only have, we have a rule for only one white guy in the show, uh, but we are going to make the exception today. Um, and don't listen to what James says. Uh, about, about his nationality. <laughs> We're still not sure where he's from. We're still not sure. <laughs> he might go a couple Jay. of Diego's, so it's fine. <laughs> no, they're Quebecers. Quebec. Hey, oh, anyway. Hey, hey, don't shit on the Quebecers. Let's not. I'm not. That's why I called you them, the okay. Quebecers. All right. Well, we have a we have an interesting uh, show today where you are going to kind of veer off uh, a little bit off what's going on. We haven't recorded in a while, and I think this is a very great way uh, to come back for the Stable of Studs. Uh, but we have Trevor here for, for a reason. Uh, we are going to be talking psychology today um, in the state of the business today and what it was before. Uh, but, yeah, I do want to ch- touch on that Britt Baker thing really quick. Uh, but remember when she went off on that first tangent and nobody knew what the fuck was going on? And like it actually involved in, it evolved into something great, and I'm actually, it's actually entertaining. And I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. 
She's the most charismatic female star they have. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Which can't What? That's like calling Britt Baker the nicest guy in prison. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's what <laughs> I think some people are. called Britt Baker the nicest guy in prison. So. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of uh, nice guys, uh, one nice guy is in a little bit of hot water. Uh, Jimothy, did you want to talk about that for a sec? Well, just real quickly, let's not spend too much time on this. But, uh, you know, there was uh, – I don't know if – what show – what what Shindy show is that, but some years old footage of Excalibur when he was still wrestling um, with his 130 pound ass uh, was wrestling. Um, and I, I actually, I, I feel bad because I looked up the name of the wrestler. He was wrestling. He was a, he's a wrestler of color, um, but basically to get cheap heat Excalibur who was standing right next to Kevin Owens, by the way, uh, dropped the N word hard N on, Ooh, on him to get cheap heat. Like basically saying like, you think I'm going to be beat by some N word. And mm-hmm. um, so that surface, that footage leaked. And of course he got in trouble and uh, AEW suspended him. You know, there's a lot of people online who aren't happy with AEW's quote unquote, uh, social, social justice warrior kind of attitude, mm-hmm. like how they banned Hogan. And they're basically saying how what a hypocrite they are. But now look, I, even for cheap heat, I've and I've seen it before. It's, Excalibur is not the only dude in the Indies to use that as, as like a bad, Absolutely. like seen it many times, but um, even with that way, it's not, it's, it's still not, I mean, it's still, it's, it, first off, it's, it's shitty, cheap psychology. It's, it, it's, it's to keep it in the theme of today's show. It's, it's cheap. It is yeah. cheap, cheap heat. But having said that, this is, I'm not trying to like excuse it or whatever, but at a certain point, as grownups, we understand that these wrestlers are in kayfabe, keeping to their character. He's playing a heel. He's playing. He's supposed to be getting booed. Yeah. That is different from the Hulk man. Hogan. Exactly. It Terry Bollea. Not Terry Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, nah, saying, it, Hulk saying it from his heart and saying it as true things. Is it the, you know, is it okay for him to say it? Look, man, that's a. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Was yeah. Excalibur wrestling in the Jim Crow South, like in the fifties? Like how long <laughs> well, ago was so, this? I like there. I watched something. I, I, it, uh, it was two thousand three, and I think it was Human Tornado he was working with. Yes, yeah, it was. Right? It was. Yeah. Okay, so it's I, sometimes I like, he had the, in I our lifetime, the dumbest wrestling name, but yes. Um, oh, but God. yes, exactly. And and again, the, like people are now saying, like, well, how come Kevin Owens isn't uh, getting in trouble? First off, Kevin Owens is just standing there. He's not fucking Excalibur's keeper. Like, you know, we don't know what happened, but behind the stage. But um, you know, was it inappropriate? Yes. But again, it is not the same. It's the same thing as if, like, you know, uh, very similar topic, though not to the same extreme of, uh, um. Uh, uh, MJF getting into trouble because he was in character and he fucking gave the finger to the little kid and hurt his feelings. It's like, guys, like it's a show. These are characters. You have mm-hmm. to expect them to like. And it's not. We we all know how this works, but I I think people are using it um, as a way to basically attack AEW to criticize you know their policy. And again, they have done some things I think that weren't the right call. Um, the weak kind of suspension of of Sammy Guevara, like it, 
again, there's some I don't want to turn this into this big political thing, but it was an interesting thing in the news because when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, I, I don't he's I'm not a huge fan of Excalibur, but he definitely seemed to me like a kind of like, first off him punching out uh, 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 Havoc was Love one it. of my favorite things all year long. But it's the best. But I was like, oh, man, I, that sucks. That's, I, you know, like I didn't expect that of him. And then I watched the video. I was like, wait, it was during like a a pro like a wrestling promo like it's not exactly the same thing i don't know if you yeah. guys feel differently but i i, I saw I, I saw on twitter like the comparison to like well what about like like you, you, you the way you think about like a wrestling promo it's not the real person saying it, it yeah. it's almost and then i saw the comparison to it's like well what about stone cold steve austin saying the the n-word in the longest yard you know he's playing a character yet he's still saying it you know exactly. uh and, and and again you you have the the comparison to hulk hogan Terry said that word, not Hulk exactly. Hogan. You Many know? times and, and vehemently and – yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, but, again, that's uh, my take I'm, on it. And again, now, I'm not now, saying it's – I think it's still a yeah. stupid and cheap and not – Exactly. should never use it even in – Absolutely. But again, it's – I think there's a – there's an area there which I'm like, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Well, I think right. it's obviously like – if you said it was 2003, like at, at best, it's just in poor taste. And at yeah. worst, it's like – that again why are you going to so low and again this is 2003 like this isn't a long time ago this isn't the 50s like i said this isn't the jim crow south like that's really stupid like and you sometimes you have to pay the piper for past mistakes especially as your profile rises like he probably never thought that it would ever come back to well, he probably didn't think twice about it well ultimately he is getting suspended he does have to go to sensitivity training i do think he needs to come out and go like look like you know, I'm, I, I, as far as I know, the last time I checked, I hadn't seen it. There was no public statement from him, but he should own up to it and be like, look, like, I regret saying this, obviously. The thing is, the independent wrestling scene is rife with fucking bullshit edgelord nonsense. Like, Very much so. there's been a thousand yeah. stupid things done in wrestling. It's just one tiny grain of sand on the pile. But again, like I said, he is getting he is getting some sort of, pet, you know, rep, you know, reprimand. Um, my biggest thing was like, you know. They are at, reacting as if he said it out of anger and he said it as a heel wrestler. And again, he booker book teed it, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> so there's like, I've been following it because, well, it's my day off and I have nothing else to do but look at wrestling Twitter and everything like that. From my understanding, uh, Human Tornado told him to use it. And like well, the day after, they like issued, like, we didn't want to say that, blah, blah, blah. And everything like that. Now, I have not seen that video or I know of it. It's just rumor at this time, I'm guessing. But that seems pretty in line from with everything that I know about Excel. Uh, yeah. And you, but that's a great point. I actually wanted to make the point of like, you know, like they obviously got his buy in. They weren't going to say that in a promo without okaying it with him in the first place and yeah. and him saying it hey why don't you say this to get the, the you know get some heat makes sense like it's something you know that's i do think is plausible um you know again we we don't want to say it's like tokenism and oh well you know one black guy said it was okay to say it kind of thing but yeah, again no. this is a wrestling it was a wrestling show said as a vile heel to get booed it is different, regardless of like. I mean, it's you still not still shouldn't say it, but it isn't the same as Excalibur just saying it to some like barista at Starbucks, or whatever. It, there is he's different. not only Anderson. Oh. That, that, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're not gonna check my boots. 
<laughs> God dang it. All right. Well, uh, anyone else want to comment on this before we move on? Great. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, Tanner. Go Trevor, ahead, no welcome problem. to the show. This is just kind of, you know, this is it. I, I, I find it so funny because so many people, like, they're so quick to be like, it's, you know, wrestling's fake. Who did, like, it's it's fake. It's not Ooh, real. Point. They're not trying to hurt each other. And then they hear a promo and they're like, he's a racist. And it's just, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. Is, and that's you, It's Mark's exactly. getting worked. Yeah, well, again, uh, but again, I, I think half the people who are quote-unquote upset by it aren't upset. They're using it as a way to see, like, to show the hypocrisy of Tony Khan and AEW beat for having the audacity to ban Hulk Hogan for life, God forbid. Um, so, you know, like, again, it's stupid bullshit. But, you know, again, I am at least glad that, like, we are coming to a point where, like, yeah, it's not even okay to say it in a wrestling promo. Like, don't say it. Like, it's... It's it's not good for anybody, and again, it's also just cheap. It's it unless you're playing it outright, like you know, revisiting the gangsters, the gangsters, um, and seeing how, because I was, I I remember that, I remember it being a thing, um, but seeing it in hindsight of how politically charged it is, like, first off, you couldn't get away with that. It it would actually cause actual violence, like they like people would lose their mind now. Yeah, but um, but. To me, that's far different, the gangsters gimmick, because they're reflecting upon real thing. The only flip side of that that you could do is if your character was straight up KKK Nazi guy and you have to commit to that. But then you will get shot and stabbed like you'll yeah. make Roddy Piper uh, uh, put him to shame. So, again, uh, unless your character is a full blown racist and you own it, like, just don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. That's and, I mean, Go ahead. Even if they even if you do own it, that's not good business. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. the thing is, there have been like there was that guy in the Indies, the uh, what was he just called, the liberal or whatever, and he only wrestled in the South, and he basically knew yeah, he Hillary was gonna Clinton, keep like yeah. yeah. I had a so, friend of mine. I had a friend of mine. He he was a border patrol. He was Mexican. He was a border patrol agent, and he would throw tortillas. <laughs> oh my God. God damn. Anyways, this is, so I'm finishing the subject. Uh, so let's get on to to ring psychology. Hey, hey, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I wanted to bring up one one question okay. here. I was I wanted to get y'all's opinion on Sammy coming back as quick as he did. Um, because I I think it would be kind of um, yeah, you know, I don't want to I don't want to put you know sweep that under the rug. Uh, while we talked about you know Excalibur here and just get everyone's take on that, just really quick. I mean, it, I come on, man. Like, first off, you know what he said. Again, we've discussed. I think is gross and you know right. very immature. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Sasha Banks said that she wasn't. She was okay with it. Like she'd forgiven him. Mm-hmm. At this point, like that's between them. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think it's acceptable language ever. But right. you know, you know, if anything, it should work like sports. Find the money. Mm-hmm. You know, and like take it out of their pocketbook and continue as 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 planned. But I mean, it's not me to say like, I do I think it was kind of light. Yes, I do think it was kind of light because he's making fat bank now. Um, but again, like I said, it's. And I think the way he came back too was kind of like, ha, I'm back, fuckers. Like, 
<laughs> oh, he came back in like the worst <laughs> slash best way possible. Right. Uh, That's like, how you get heat. That's like, how you get heat. Returning yeah. <laughs> returning from a suspension where you said you were gonna rape somebody, smiling and sticking your tongue out. Like that dude has heat for life. Yeah, for real. As much oh, as I always want our punch him in the face. face. <laughs> yeah, he does. No. What's that? He's got the most punchable face out of oh, anyone that I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. 100% it's agree. Him and wonderful. Kevin. Adam, Mike, any, any any thoughts before we go on to the main topic? Uh, the punishment fit the crime. It's it's unlike when an NFL draft product, like they're about to get drafted, and then they like find these tweets where they were 14 and said something like terrible, right? Disgusting. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, could this cause this person to like – drop in the draft and it's like no it never does and they always have to come out and make an apology you know I was very dumb back then I didn't understand the power of my words now I understand that I'm a multi-millionaire and I'm a representative of this organization blah 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 I don't think it really changes anything but you do have to you do have to get called out for it you got to take your lumps and then we move on good point very 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 well said all right I think we're ready doctor doctor P doctor of psychology I need. Uh, I have a question for you. Yes, indeed. Can you can you can you define wrestling psychology for uh, some of us that might be not so well versed in the uh, in the great profession of professional wrestling? I think uh, wrestling psychology. I think is the degree to which your audience is invested in what you are doing. <laughs> Or, Sorry about you know, angle and uh, uh, I think wrestling psychology is um, it, it's it's still the aspect of the in-ring product uh, in the most successful moments in throughout the industry for sure, um, but it's it's. You know, I've watched countless hours this week knowing this was going to be our topic. And I've listened to so many different, like, you know, in-ring performers try to define it. And it's, it's, uh, uh, I come back to the, you know, San Antonio's own uh, comment that Shawn Michaels years ago. Um, oh, man. Hey, I, I, I'm going like, to have to cut you off, man. Yeah, your uh, your uh, connection's really bad, and we're hearing every other word. Um, all I heard was San Antonio best tank. Uh, I don't know what that meant. Um, oh, but I'm pretty sure that's not what he said. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> it sounded a little bit like a, ro- a robot having a stroke. Well, <laughs> 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 when we heard you, it was sounding great, but it was uh, it was breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, so I think uh, you, you were saying though that uh, you heard you've you've heard rest like other wrestlers try to define it, but you said I think you were alluding to Shawn Michaels and Tully Blanchard. Uh, Tully Blanchard uh, made a comment to Shawn Michaels years ago that Shawn highlighted in his book that I think summarizes it the best, and where he said um, psychology is about making the audience yell the loudest or or the longest. That's that, good. Uh, reading that and so because it's true like at the end you know who is the best worker is it you know 
uh, uh, you know, Hogan for selling out arenas and, you know, earning rave reviews. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of criteria to consider. Good deal. Anyone else want to give it, uh, give their own uh, idea of what psychology w- is to them in, in wrestling? Yeah, I, I would say like, oh, sorry, I would just say that psychology is the internal logic of professional wrestling. So like any kind of TV show or movie, any kind of story, it establishes an internal logic. Here are the characters. This is the motivation. This is what they're trying to do. And this is how it pays off. Right. And that's internal logic. And so professional wrestling uh, psychology is that internal logic. Here are these two people. If they really hate each other, they're going to be motivated to like hit each other and be savagely beat each other. If they're friends, they're going to be a little more tentative. You know, if they're trying to prove who's the better wrestler, they're going to try to out wrestle each other. Again, it's all about uh, that internal logic. So as fans, we can see how A gets to B gets to C, and it's not just you know a cacophonous rolling around in the ring mm, so like a like a like a, like a very well told story right yes. and a, a well told story has to have internal logic like things have to pay off mm-hmm. you have to introduce characters they have to go from point a to point b and have a journey and then they grow or they don't grow uh when you don't have that stories are pretty boring or they're unsatisfying uh so again yeah. great ring psychology is again uh, introducing concepts and themes to the audience very quickly and then uh, executing that as, as perfectly as you can. Very well said. I would say that it, it's definitely akin to that, you know, the, the rule of writing, which is show and not tell. Like mm-hmm. wrestlers have to be able to completely tell a story through their wrestling and connect with an audience and be able to get the buy-in of the audience. Uh, otherwise it's just two dudes fighting and we can watch that in the UFC. Like, yeah. uh, understanding like like how to how to heat up an audience how to cool down an audience to get them to come back up like there's a lot that goes into it i will say though that uh nwa quote-unquote superstar a former nwa superstar simon gotch aka simon grim uh says that ring psychology doesn't exist and it's a fabrication for the marks uh so that's an interesting tidbit from the <laughs> most cantankerous man in pro wrestling uh, he sounds like a flat earther yeah, he's, he's, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but uh, he's his uh, his his social media is a uh, is a fun time because he is probably the crankiest human being I've ever seen. He makes fucking CM Punk look like a fucking ray of sunshine. <laughs> I, I, Trevor? Yeah, I think that it really like ultimately boils down to the suspension of disbelief. Um, I think that what yeah. they need to do. Uh, like what the wrestlers do needs to make sense not only in the context of the match and like the buildup, but also it needs to make sense in the context of their own characters. Um, I'm sure we're gonna dive into examples later, but like I don't know if you know Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, you know I don't know it, like th- this is a super generic example, but if Stone Cold Steve Austin did a move like you know, the, the people's elbow, like that's not his character. He's not there to be flashy or to do, you know, flashy moves. He's just there to beat you up because he's a Texas beer drinker and that's, he hates his boss. That's it. Mm. That, that, that's all that there is to it. So you're not going to see him, you know, jumping off the top rope, good, good or bad knees and doing an elbow drop because he's just going to stomp a mud hole in me. So I, I think, I think it really boils down to each character, what their motivations are in that match and the context of the match. And other than that, it's it's just suspensive disbelief. That's it. And our guest today, Trevor? 
<laughs> so, I mean, the Tanner says pretty much, and I, I know this can come back down to you thinking me and Tanner are the same person, but it, it's, it's that. It's making me forget that I'm watching something that's choreographed. It's yeah. allowing me to get invested in it. So then it's, why on and earth? It's really, it's all facets of wrestling. It's not just the in-ring product. It's mm-hmm. it's promos, how the person carries himself. Right. MJF is probably the best example I can think of because he pretty much lives it. Uh, yeah, he lives he's an asshole in and out of the ring. It's yeah. what yeah. he does. And that allows me to go, ah, oh, MJF, he's horrible. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give Matt Pryor, you're, that's a good point, because in this day and age where we see superstars' personalities on screen and quote-unquote off-screen with social media, MJF, in fact, there's a guy who does these do- documentaries on YouTube, um, he did one on Johnny Gargano, and he's done a do- ton, the only one that was sort of like a work shoot was MJF, like, the rest of them are legit documentaries where you sort of see behind the curtain, MJF was, was a, was in the a interviewer. work shoot, yeah, and it was... And I watched it being like, wow, that's fucking weird. But it was that commitment of never breaking kayfabe allows you to like, and again, he's so over the top with it that it shouldn't work. But his his commitment to it in this day and age is amazingly commendable. I want to I, I want to touch on one, um, just one real quick aspect, and probably the only time I may ever criticize MJF, and it fits in with psychology was his promo last week that was the state of the industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and he went off saying like, Oh, I love AEW. I bleed black, white, and gold. And I'm like, wait a minute. I like that. I'm supposed to hate you yeah. like that. Like to me, him, him not being like, I should go work for the big boys. Like t- to me, that in itself was bad psychology because and... it made me like him. And then no, like, I, I don't want to like him. I want to hate him. You can't do oh. that. I mean, you, you either don't no, say I, that. I read that completely different. I read that as straight up scummy politician MJF yeah. campaigning for a title shot. Well, I did up until that that point when he was like, oh, I love this company, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't – he shouldn't love the company. He should, he should love money and championships, and that's it. Well, yeah, but politicians do the same thing, and yeah – that's that's so, a good mean, point. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, wow. That's, that's it. It the entire the walkout, then to the podium, everything about it screamed scummy politician to me. <laughs> so but, to 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 yes to your point, uh, I had just seen a clip of the the promo and I I heard that and I was like oh that's fucking kind of that's so out of character then watching the show and seeing the actual full promo it worked because he's exactly it's like a it's like a political he's like a state of the union so he's a politician saying the right thing or trying to like get sympathy on him and say what a great guy like it it worked for me once i saw the full promo i would also uh, uh to jump to like tanner and what trevor said back to psychology a lot of it too is almost reminiscent of um method acting right the idea that you wake up and you are this person what kind of decision does this character make and i was i always like this one story about marlon brando being in method acting and that they were doing some improvisation and the teacher said okay you all are chickens act like a chicken and so the whole like acting class was acting like chickens and stuff and it was now i've thrown a grenade 
at the chicken <laughs> and all the other actors were like running around and like going crazy and stuff and marlon brando didn't do anything and the act, uh, the teacher asked him marlon why didn't you do anything he goes i'm a chicken what do i know about a grenade yep. yeah. <laughs> and that's like a beautiful understanding of what method acting is and again kayfabe it was like what kind of decision are you gonna make even to the most minute decisions how do you come into the ring do you like do you brush your feet off before you come in do you like do you touch the cables or the ropes and like do you go in for uh like stall tactics like all these minute decisions that you may not even think about that goes into what would your character be doing absolutely absolutely and uh I I, th- I think the reason why MJF works so much because it's like a real gimmick. It's not it's not fucking you know Hurricane Helms you know or anything like that or anything fucking hokey to her. I mean even Undertaker like Undertaker had to fucking live his gimmick his whole fucking life like that's yeah. that's intense. Luckily like you have a Ric Flair Ted DiBiase thing kind of going on where it's manageable to do that and it's working it's paying off and that, and I think that's why. <clears throat> Honestly, I think I think poor Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase got stuck with the worst gimmick ever because that fucking dude had to spend money like a millionaire when he wasn't one. <laughs> he wasn't getting That's, that Ric Flair money. Yeah, dude, he wasn't. He didn't have that McMahon money. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, and I'm I'm glad I got I got all y'all's takes on that. Uh, I I do want to uh, you know uh, hone in on one thing that was said and that was suspend disbelief. Um, and I think that's a big thing that's kind of getting uh, taken out of um, out of pro wrestling today. Uh, and I, I think the argument started off, you know, off the podcast uh, like about a few days ago. And uh, me, Tanner, and Trevor were talking, and <clears throat> to where it comes to, like, yeah, I, my 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 belief does want to be suspended. I want to I want to have a a great story being told in the short term and the long term. I, and uh, you know, and over, yeah, I think over the year and a half, and and, and Tanner can attest to this. Uh, I've come around to the the uh, the young bucks, and I appreciate them for for what they are and what they do. I think they have good matches. Um, I just don't think they are good storytellers, and I, I think they're big big time spot monkeys. And, 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 and hey, and that's and that's okay. That's that's you know that's what wrestling has, has come to today. You know, but what I'm saying is like you're the the business would be in, a, in my opinion as an armchair booker. You know, just a, some shindy guy who never made it. You know, um, I, I strongly believe if they held out on that super kick party, you know, that's just one example. You know, for like pay per views and they went fucking all out on that, it would have a better response. You know, I you, will. It, I will say this though, in 2020, there's probably no two people that really understand wrestling fans and can connect with modern wrestling fans. Like those two, those two knuckleheads from Rancho Cucamonga, California, have built their own empire um, because they (laughs) knew what wrestling fans wanted. They gave they connected with their wrestling fans in the most truly grassroots way to the point that these two knuckleheads with like fucking secondhand gimmicks and a fucking bad, you know, like kind of a, a, a bad attitude about the industry manage to literally build their own empire. And mm-hmm. it's in a way it's because they do understand the psychology of the modern wrestling fan of what they want. Mm-hmm. Can There's I make different... a, yeah. can I make a weird, uh, a weird connection between like the young bucks? If anything, they kind of remind me of like Daft Punk, right? Like you think of Daft Punk and it's like, well, cool record. <laughs> and like, this is cool music. And then you realize it's only just like, it's from, albums from decades before it's all kind of hodgepodge it's 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 curating things from 
different eras into something new that's recognizable, but also kind of new. At the same time, it's not, you wouldn't call it authentic, right? You wouldn't say like Daft Punk are like tremendous musicians that are like, uh, uh, I would disagree with that. I will disagree with that. Adam, you better watch you know, your tone, sir. They are phenomenal like, musicians. They can play like multiple that. instruments. Uh, yeah, they work they with do is... amazing musicians. Uh, but it, I just want, I just have to, Adam, <laughs> the reason you're my favorite person is because oh, on a wrestling podcast, you have brought up Marlon Brando and method acting and, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and French, uh, electro art pop like i love it I keep being adam adam i love it and, you're my favorite and, and, and i i agree with you uh, uh jimothy i agree with you 100 percent um but it that's that doesn't bring in new fans you know the casual watcher it doesn't do that no it's, it's like but there are that's the thing is that's why in our day and age they are an alternative we do have that's why like it, when nwa was actually doing things they were an alternative to that Right. They're all an alternative to WWE. Mm-hmm. You know the thing is, um, this but the is thing my... is, I, the thing is, I don't believe it though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's entertaining, it's fun. It doesn't, it doesn't elicit that response that I'm used to. And maybe that's just me being the old, the old wrestling fan. You know, like. Well, I mean, the thing is, I've been. Yeah, I mean, I. On one hand, I agree with you. I enjoy what they do, but that shit to me isn't, you know, Shawn Michaels Ric Flair retirement match. It, it's. Two two totally different things. I'm not emotionally and and you know personally invested in a in a Young Bucks match, mm-hmm. but I'm fully entertained. And in a way, the way that they, especially in the last few years, the way that they are able to fill a match now with amazing storytelling, with kind of just having a bunch of spot fests, isn't its own version of psychology. It Again, ultimately, in, in what Mike, sense, though? But Mike even said, I mean, it's already been said. Um, somebody said it about how, you know, ultimately the the you know your your psychology is working by how long or how loud your reaction is, and those dudes get tremendous reactions from their crowd, and there is a back and forth. There is a sort of a dance or a ballet to what their match is. They build that tension through the spots. By doing everything, yeah, there's no storyline usually. I mean, there is now, but for the most part, especially for years, it was basically just giant spot fest. But they're they're able to move an audience. They tell a story in a different way. I don't. I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm not saying it is valid. I'm just saying there is definitely a segment of wrestling fans who react strongly to it and truly enjoy it and get invested. Well, so, uh, James, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. Saying no man's that, next. You know, it's After it's you, okay. It's you know, it's modern. You know, you know, it's it's modern wrestling like at its peak, and and I think what what like my take on that, what and I think why Tank can't get behind it is that the modern wrestling, you know, kayfabe isn't as big of a deal. You know, everybody knows the people. It's not about kayfabe at all. Let me let me get there. Let me get there. Everybody knows the people as well as the wrestler, Mm. And, and those things kind of blend, but at the same time, the Bucks. I, I wouldn't say that they keep them separate, but like they're they're pretty, you know, they're pretty vocal on their Twitter about like their match quality and their promos and like all the they like they're interacting with fans on things that you would never ever see a wrestler interact with. And I think that's kind of their whole gimmick is is that their whole wrestling gimmick is that they're flashy wrestling, you know, spot monkeys. That that I mean, you're it it literally falls into their gimmick. 
they they're they they practically break the fourth wall when it comes to wrestling. They have a show about the behind the scenes exactly. of wrestling stuff. Yeah. So they, for them to, to for them to you know do unnecessary moves and and go from you know you know doing doing twelve super kicks and flipping off of stuff and you know jumping into a a, a you know a pile driver like that that makes sense for their characters and it, in that way is good psychology. So yeah, it <laughs> it's postmodern wrestling. It's 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 wrestling <laughs> that identifies that. Look, we all know the rules now. There is no kayfabe. Kayfabe is dead. You, Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette can try as hard as he wants. He'll never put it back in the box. We know we know kayfabe doesn't is dead. They understand that and play to that. They understand what is quote unquote cool about wrestling. That's why they are they're uh, amalgamations of all their different influences. Because they know their brand, they know their audience. You're not watching like a Scorsese movie. You're watching a Marvel movie. You're watching a, a theme uh, park. I'm watching and a Seth say, Rogen movie. I no no. I would actually say you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. No. Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Quentin no. Tarantino is just an amalgamation yeah. of all the films he yeah. loves, boiled down to one entertaining That's... package. That's it. That's I mean. That is a very apt metaphor. That's good. I like it. But Mike, yeah, you were gonna say. Mike. Um, I no, I was kind of I was lost in the thought and kind of just digesting the points (laughs) that uh, you guys were making and stuff for sure. Um, because I think you both had really I I haven't heard it framed that way except I think that that was really intelligently put. Okay, um, so we went to that end. I think. I think there's something to be. I think there's definitely something to be said about you know, much of uh, how much of today's wrestling psychology is determined by the live audience. Obviously, now not being a, a good example of that, yeah. how much of it is decided by this, like the screen and stuff. Like, who are we playing to now? Are we playing right. to you know how many of the come over you know to NXT now and had to be taught to play to a camera? So, I mean, I think um, I think psychology as a whole, you have to almost take that into consideration in 2020 right now and stuff. And I think, um, you know, do, are the Bucks really, really good at that? Yeah, yes, that part, yes, I absolutely would are. I think, you know, they're capable of the classic storytelling matches as well and stuff. I think Tanner himself would highlight their match against Omega and Ibushi and the story that unfolded in that. Yeah. Long Beach would, would be an example of what they're capable of. Um, I think uh, I think there's still there's still something to be said, like, you know, not to sound like Jake Roberts about like, is it necessary to do 50 moves in 2020 or is it is it more about doing three and making those moves count? Um, not even for the, the match, like you said, it's not it wouldn't be the Bucks character to, you know, concentrate on headlocks or, you know, uh, right. or 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 whatever that wouldn't make sense in the context of that but just looking you know for me you know really thinking about what psychology means in 2020 um for me a big thing that's been that i've reflected back to um is uh i got to go to one of the pwg uh, kurt russell reunions in uh here in los angeles and stuff where the bucks were there and a number of your like your major indie contemporaries were there live and I, uh, I was able to get uh, a front row seat for the show. Um, one of the first and only times I've actually had just got a chance to sit front row to a, a major event. Um, and to my left for a significant portion of the show was one uh, Harley race. And wow. um, I got to watch his face through the, through the PWG experience, which you would think 
you know, here's a guy that, you know, for his time was taking revolutionary bumps and, and, um, you know, the famous, like, you know, uh, Saturday night's main event, you know, through a table that cut his stomach open, all these things and stuff over the top rope backwards. And, uh, I saw his face kind of change, you know, throughout the show and stuff. And I got a chance to ask him afterwards, you know, God's the soul now what he thought. And he, himself, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize from where I was sitting in reference to him because I could only see his face. As I got closer to him, I realized he wasn't sitting in a seat. He was sitting in a wheelchair. And oh, shit. I when I went up to him to talk to him, he he kind of expressed a concern for, you know, the importance of psychology, not because the athletes weren't capable of it or weren't trained that way. Um, but that even then, in the mid-2000s, he could already see wrestling start to shift towards the athleticism being so big that it almost took the place of drama in many ways, as yeah. far as, like, you know... Uh, uh, selling, he selling. Story. Yeah, how he shared the story about, like, you know, Johnny Valentine with me then, about, like, how crowds would get so angry at, you know, Johnny Valentine back in the mid-'80s, you know, because he'd sit there and grind on a hammerlock for a while, and they'd be getting on, you know, they'd be getting like boring. What is this crap? And Valentine would purposely say, "You think this is boring? Just wait, assholes." And then he would like he'd take it even longer and stuff, and he would make you think like, "I'm gonna freaking break this dude's arm off and shove it up his own ass." Um, and then he would he would turn the physicality up just enough where he would make the person in the very very back row believe. And I think um, wrestling in 2020 could learn a lot from not necessarily hitting 50 moves in a match and stuff, but making, you know, like the, like I watched, um, you know, one of the matches I, I came across as far as like a good example of, of psychology. And I was surprised that this was something someone considered was uh, rude versus warrior of all things in, you know, the mid eighties at SummerSlam. Oh, you mean ultimate warriors best match? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's ultimate warriors best match. Yeah, it is. And it wasn't and it wasn't really anything necessarily the warrior did and stuff, but it was rude, kept going for the rude awakening, never hit it. And warrior would find a way to like pull his hands apart or duck throughout it and stuff. It wasn't like I'm going to hit it and like one, two shoulder up. It was like he never got it. And then and at the end of it, it was like, was that his undoing? And I think, you know, Okada and Omega did a good job of that in their first encounter where, uh, you know, um, uh, Okada never really got the the Rainmaker off. Or, I'm sorry, excuse me, other way around. Omega yeah. never got the One Winged Angel, and and uh, and you know, and people were talking about that after the fact. So, is I think there's something to um, you know, there's something to to going all out on Wednesdays and Sundays. Shows are like the Bucks are doing, and like you know, me the AW and NXT stars are doing. Um, but I think, you know, the MJF kind of poked fun of it in that interview where he's kind of like, these guys are breaking their necks for you and stuff, but like, I'm going to go out and wrestle and watch, you know, it's like my talent's bigger than your tenure, Moxley, watch what I'll do. And you're not going to see like, you know, MJF bust out of 450 and stuff in that match. He'll probably take Moxley down and grind him and pull him apart. And you're going to believe, you know, like you're going to feel you're going to be invested in, in that match. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, what will this son of a bitch do? And I think, you know, modern WWE, like um, Austin on his podcast, talked about like trying to teach Cesaro like a mule kick, you know, the old backdoor swing your leg back and, and not a guy. 
And Cesaro told it's like, what the hell? Like, if you can't, if there's no heel heat, if there's no, like, if there's no reason to get the baby face down and sell and get sympathy, then what the fuck are we doing? Like, all of us, any of these companies, there's no reason to get invested in, in the person that's down and grinding, you know, and fighting their way back up and stuff like then, you know, what do the facials mean and stuff like, yeah. you know, like where, like, you know, any of those things and stuff. So. I guess we'll never know. Frozen. <laughs> oh, I think, I think mailman brought up a lot of good points there. I want to think I want to go to. Well, well real quick, story. Mike, Mike, just, just in case you're wondering, you did freeze up. So we're going to let Adam go oh. in here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. About storytelling is you don't want to give people what they want, what they expect. You want to give some people something they didn't even know they wanted and really mm-hmm. enjoy it. And what I mean with that is that, if you give people what they want, like with a Young Bucks match, you know you're going to see a super kick party. You know you're going to, like, they're going to have their entire tropes. And they're mm. going to give you exactly what you're expecting. And it's cool, but it's not great. You don't really think about it. I don't know if anyone really thinks about, like, one iconic Young Bucks match. Because they all kind of run the same because they give you everything that they have. They give you everything in the tool belt. And nothing really matters. You have to give, in a story... You have to give people something they didn't even know they wanted. And so going back yeah. to Melman Mike's um, uh, story about, you know, Valentine, Johnny Valentine just going like, I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to turn up the tension by just grinding, grinding. You didn't even know you wanted that, but it's such a cathartic relief when it just turns up, it's notched up just a little bit. But if you were a fan going in there saying, oh, yeah, I really want to see this kind of ground and pound, or I want to see this like hammerlock for 20 minutes, no one would have said that. But they walk out of it thinking like, well, damn, what a great payoff. And again, that's the storytelling. The payoff. Uh, that, that you, the payoff. yeah, there's a payoff. Yeah. 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 I have that in my notes too. Uh, like, again, I'm not saying that you should, I mean, like, you shouldn't do these moves because these moves elicit some sort of response. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. But that's like saying, like, Big Show should go out. I mean, mind you, it's not the best example, but mind you, like, if it had, you have Big Show going out every week and breaking the, the, the ring with a, you know, with a suplex off the top rope. Yeah. A, you know, after week five of seeing that, it's like, okay, well, great, he's gonna break the ring again. Like it was, it was really cool to see that for the first time. Yeah. You know, and then like a few years afterward, it happened again. Like if you keep doing it, it doesn't mean anything. And then, and and, and I know Tanner said it too. It's like, well, the reason they do it is because they can. It's like, doesn't mean you should do it. You know what I mean? Like, you should save it. Like, you, you, what's gonna happen is you're gonna be doing the super, like the supers, like. Uh, uh, like a, a shooting star press 450, you know, and then and then like in your first match and the angle lasts three months and at, at three months at the end of three months, what are you gonna do? Like a a, a, a shooting press 920, like like you're not only do you put yourself in jeopardy of ending your career short, you know, having a shorter career, like you end up being stale and you have to invent like new things that are just ridiculous to do. So well, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly. This might be a controversial statement to diehard wrestling fans, but at one of the first things me and Adam discussed when we became friends was we kind of bonded over, which I, in hindsight, is terrible, but over the greatness of Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. And I think, and here's the thing is psychology, not, I, I don't use the word psychology, but I will say storytelling and connecting with an audience means more than your wrestling ability. It does. Rock that, Hogan. Yeah. Well, look, ultimately, you, it's not even up for debate. You, what you have to do is follow the dollars, follow what got the most amount of people excited. 
fucking Andre Hogan isn't a great wrestling match. It's a no. terrible wrestling match. Which happened it's, way before. It happened so yeah. many times before yeah. that match. Yeah. But Hogan understood more than probably anybody will ever give him credit for how to tell a story, how to work the crowd, how to get people's excitement. Um, and that's what Hulk Hogan was great. He didn't need to fucking do, he didn't need to be Harley Race. He didn't need to be Ric Flair. He was Hulk Hogan. He understood his limitations and was okay. That's fine. I'm going to make this fucking crowd explosive Uh-oh. by doing his, 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 his version of his ring psychology. And ultimately the, honestly, the biggest wrestlers in history, it, it's not it's not their wrestling prowess as much it was their ability to connect with an audience because fucking Dean Malenko cannot wrestle any of these anybody and <laughs> you know as well as much as I love yeah. Dean Malenko is Dean yeah. Malenko uh you know Hulk Hogan no he's no. not and then and uh just so we, we we get everybody a fair chance there uh we'll, we'll let we'll let Trevor and then go we'll go back to Tanner okay well so you talk you, you guys have made excellent points really love them all. But I'm kind of stuck on the on, on the Hulk Hogan thing because even Hulk Hogan started to wear out his welcome. Like, don't get me wrong, for his time, yes, that worked. That worked great. The the what what, what would you the 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 red and yellow the, the ketchup and mustard baby uh, the ketchup and mustard the 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 ultimate baby face kind of you thing. know that Easter works really first, well because his skin looks favorite. like a hot dog. And hair, silken hair too. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, and and but, then and then he 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 not single handedly, but he had help in it. He changed the wrestling game forever. Oh, and he yeah. he did. He was a phenomenal heel. In fact, the last two years of him as a as a face, he was pulling more heel shit with fucking flash paper <laughs> and back scratches. Like, so he had a weird last two years as a as a as a face. But but the thing is. First off, Hulk Hogan's demise as a as a performing entertainer had less to do with his ability for ring psychology and his one his own ego in politicking, two the pure clusterfuck that became WCW and wrestlers trying to hold on to their position. Um, but again, you know, and again, there's going to be Ric Flair at one time. I think we'd all agree is one of the greatest ring psychologists of all time. Very, he only did like. You know, people say like John Cena's five moves of doom. Watch a Ric Flair match. He has like he can't do a drop six. kicks. He, he's yeah, done one but, drop kick his whole career, and it was horrible. He, he he knew how to work a crowd. At some point, you either start to follow behind, or you get you get complacent and start resting on your laurels, and you're not able to to sort of do what you used to do. And also, audiences change. You think you might know an audience, and then here come the fucking young bucks doing super kick parties, and now they're the thing that's cool, and that's what audiences are looking for. So it's a hard, well, you know what I'm saying? I think well, that, Trevor that almost exactly. got to his point. Yeah, I, ahead, almost, I, I almost got to what I was trying to say in that, yeah, Hulk Hogan worked great in the 80s and the 90s, but you have you can't take wrestling at just wrestling like, like it's it's this, it's this infallible institution. It's still an option for entertainment. There is no like, oh, you have to watch wrestling. So what might have worked in the 80s, like, oh, OK, this long drawn out large man is going to fight this other long drawn out man and he's going to do a leg drop awesome fantastic i'm going to watch the guys do a thousand super kicks because they look cool make noise and are shiny 
Right. That's the thing is, that's what I said. That's I agree with you 100. percent And that's the thing is yeah. because there's different ways to tell a story. There's different, like I said, movies. You can watch fucking A Room with a View. You can watch some Merchant Ivory movie, and that's yeah. cool. Or you can watch some Grindhouse shit, and 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 tune into uh uh Going Commando, a podcast on the Tank Rodriguez show. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's different forms of entertainment. So there's different versions of what can constitute a good or entertaining wrestling match. Oh wholeheartedly but to say that the bucks this goes back to the original argument saying that like oh ftr carried the match because we can't not talk about this without like we can't talk about psychology without bringing up the original argument which was oh the revival must have must have must have led that match must have <laughs> well okay Tom. i now i said it i said it here I, I i said it like this if this wasn't going around during covid like if ftr was there at aew Pre-COVID, they would be directing that match hands down, no spots. Like they just know the finish, because that's how they do it. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, that's pretty much how they've done it. They've gone on record saying that. You know, they go in the ring and they call the match and they listen to the audience. They they listen to what you know. Again, I, I know what Adam said earlier. Like it's not giving them what they want, but at, at the same time, you have to give them what they want by not giving them what they want, but you still listen to them. Like, like, you have to listen to the crowd and how they're reacting to what you're doing. It's like, okay, well, what if we change this up here? Versus you you have a script, you know, you have a script right now for a live audience, and you don't even know if it's going to work or not. You know, and, and that's, I mean, and then again, that's, 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 that was the importance of house shows. And that was my argument to house shows there, too. I, I know we didn't really touch on that. Um, but house shows, you, 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 you got to do like a, like a rough draft of, of what you were going to do at the, at the payoff for the angle. You know, like, well, okay, well, in Poughkeepsie, like, this is how they, this is how they, they reacted there. Um, you know, then we went to Jersey, and then they, they had the same response. Okay, so that's working. You Why know, is it always Poughkeepsie. Yeah, it is. That's just the Poughkeepsie thing, man. Like, it's just, <laughs> you it's know, a fun name to say. Yeah, exactly. What, what's the other one? Uh, what was the the tire iron guy? Where's he? Where's he from? Uh, Pendid to oh, I don't, I don't know. Paducah. Oh, of course, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Tank, you said something and you've said it like a million times before that oh, I wanted God. to okay you said something before um, and, and you say this a lot about guys that have a big aerial offense um, you, you're always like well if they did you know this flippy move then next match they have to do a bigger flippy move and that's that's not the case like it gets stale dude Okay, so d- does Hulk Hogan have to do a front flip into a leg drop because he does the same leg drop every night? Yeah, like you're it's a you're finisher, you're playing. Though. It's a finisher. Yeah. Well, also uh, let me. I I I will. I just to play devil's advocate. I think the difference is the re- audiences aren't there to see Hulk Hogan do flashy moves. They're there to see what he does, which is right. Hulk up and do his thing. That's um, his product. Yeah. So audiences, I would. To give Tanner a little bit of credit, I have seen people complaining that this modern thing are getting stale and like, oh, I've seen, you know, Scorpio Sky did that six years ago. Like, I have seen those complaints online, which, of course, wrestling <laughs> fans are. Fuck you, nerd. Toxic as fuck. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of thing of like when you're upping the stakes, which is what they do. Look at a Rey Mysterio match from fucking you know, Nitro at the time it was fucking mind blowing mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to do that. Now it's like fucking grandpa's dude. And now it's like, what? who gives a shit? Um, so it, there is a little bit of that. And now do I think that 
I don't. I think the Young Bucks could actually pull back a little bit and be just as entertaining and have the audiences. Because again, it's if you're if if you're just a dumb dickhead. So sorry, uh, 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 private party. But your private party, you don't know how to actually work, and your whole thing is just doing crazy fucking flips and spots. <laughs> then yeah, you yeah. might need to elevate. But if you're actually a fucking good wrestler who does know how to fucking tell a story in the ring, you don't need to do that. You can evolve. You can you know find different ways to sort of connect with your audience. But there is, I will say, to give Tanner or to give Tank a little bit of credit, I, there is a little bit of we've seen that up. It's every year we're upping the ante. Look at the fucking Canadian destroyers off people's shoulders. Like somebody's <laughs> gonna get killed at this point. First off, like, it's but anyway. But I'm just That's saying, great. like, go, go, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. And James hit the nail on the head that that's been on my heart, like you know, all week long and stuff. Is like, um, people point to Jake the Snake Roberts as the greatest, you know, as their first example of like that. This is wrestling psychology. Listen to what he has to say. Watch what he does. Listen to his interviews. Um, and it's, and it's funny that like the DDT has become the most bastardized move in professional wrestling, maybe more than the super kick actually at this point in that it's no well, longer that... even high spot and stuff. And, and it's sad and stuff in that that was, you know, Jake only had, you know, enough moves you could count on one hand and stuff. But when he hit the DDT, like it didn't matter who got laid out with it, they were laid out. And I think, yeah, the, it's ridiculous. The Canadian destroyer is kind of going that way now and stuff, <laughs> the, you know, this huge move and stuff. And now, and it's they like, kick out of it. So you kick out of that yeah. move. Yeah. Raven, Trevor's going to make a really good point. Meta, yeah. It's the, the, the meta one of Memphis. All right. Yeah. Go, go. Let me, let me, let me, let me like, and this is something that I can talk at length about. And that's jujitsu. Uh, there's a meta in every sport, in every one-on-one -on -one competition or, any team sport as well, uh, air raid offense, that kind of thing. In jujitsu, uh, the big thing right now is leg locks, and that happens all the time. Uh, the big thing right now is leg locks. That's a new development that comes from a guy named Marcelo Garcia. Marcelo Garcia first, uh, started doing leg locks at the Olympics of, of grappling in ADCC. So you see people take those moves and adapt them over time. People get better at defending them. They become less effective but still the people that have mastered the move sean michaels with the super kick jake the snake with the ddt can still lay people out with those moves because they're the ones that mastered it right and and I, I, no, no, I, 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 I i hear what you're saying but you're falling on your head you're just you're, you can't i mean i get a leg lock versus doing a fucking flip to a power driver hitting your head on the mat like like, there's not a lot to master there. Like, it, it, you know, granted, it, it's fake. You know, we use the F word. You know, it's staged. Of course. <sighs> you know, how dare I? I get it. But I'm just saying. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I, I, Here's my go. thing. I've actually said this on this podcast that you, when you used to bitch about the super kicks, I was like, my point was nobody but Shawn Michaels should be knocking people out on, with one super kick. It's disrespectful to Shawn Michaels in the same way, you know, like if you do something that you basically you're known for that thing as a pro wrestler, because you know, this shit is fake. Like you should have the respect for that dude to basically right. say, like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that's as an absolute, but I, I do enjoy when people are like, 
you know, that's that dude's move. I'll know. I'll know. Like at this point, anybody who does a stunner is a fucking dipshit. Sorry, Kevin Owens. Like you're never going to do a stunner. Every you do a stunner. People think Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. There are a thousand other moves. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. there's a little bit of that. Letting the masters, as, as as Trevor so eloquently put, let the masters do it and, you know, sort of develop your own thing. My only thing is, to your point, is at this point, people, it is a health legitimate, people are shortening their lives, not just their careers, so <laughs> it does have to change a little bit, but... That, to me, look, and I'll, I'll end my my rant on this, and then we'll, we can move on. Um, my thing is... The, 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 yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I, I what I'm saying is just... My thing on top of that of doing like the same move and like kicking out, it's like, like what happened to like you know like the two pins and like and barely kicking out of someone's finisher at the payoff and it just like and it was so much more entertaining because you know no one ever kicked out of your finisher like no one was ever gonna kick out of it and as soon as you hit it like you were you you won you know and you were fucking done if they got hit on you and now it just happened it's like it's not there's no finishers really anymore. Well, first I off, disagree. It, it, I think also you're also bringing up the point of the false finish, which I think is another fucking pit trap of modern wrestling. Like, yes. It's become a fucking cheap way to like. And, and, and I'll say this, and this is just coming from experience. Like in the last two years, whenever I, I, I ref so many matches these past two years, it, it's, it's been insane. Um, not not 2020, of course, but I'm talking about like 2019 and 2018. I, I did a lot of, lot of refing, and every fucking match had a false finish with their fucking finisher. You know, and it, yeah. it's a it's a thing. Like it's it's a thing. Yeah, two counts. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and, <laughs> and then my fat ass, my fat ass is there having to get down on the fucking ring. I was I ref the whole the whole night. I'm refing the whole night, so it's like like hey. And I went to the back. I was like, y'all need to kick, cut this shit off. Like one, the main event gets to have a false finish. No one else. Like yeah, get the real. fuck over. Yeah. Oh, I agree that just like any any trope. It can be overused, but it is. Yeah. Mike, were you guys something? Yeah, no. I mean, Trevor had a, a brilliant point and stuff, and it, it triggered something in my mind that I thought about this week, and I wanted to get it out because he remind he said it when he reminded me. You know, talking about leg locks, for example, and stuff like two two points, one quick one. You know, MMA has done such a good job educating the audience. I stylistically you know like why wrestlers aren't incorporating more of those submissions because they're believable and they you know people can understand like oh crap like uh, uh a knee bar you know heel hook can end the end a match in seconds also the two the second part but the biggest the biggest biggest point for me um for me like you know i was always pro revival you know in all the whole like ftr like you know being the elite stuff cody coming out saying like he thought their rival were a shittier tag team and stuff like you know some time ago because they were in the performance center and they were, you know, they had time to protect their matches or practice them. I could enjoy two rival matches better than a hundred matches. And a big part of it for me that I don't see anyone else hardly in the business doing right now is the revival or the FP FPR would take a knee out and dissect that. Like, yeah everybody else like let's grab a rinse and twist it because we're going to flip out of it for two minutes and the guy's going to stand there and hold the arm while we do it yet the like if you, you want to talk apart. about psychology like i i know like orton's going to go for an rko he can't get that shit if he's laying flat on his ass on the back on his on that so i'm going to take his knees out and fucking keep him down 
nobody is is taking knees out and stuff or taking legs out to say like shit like i you know if this dude's standing he's going to hit a stunner this dude's standing he can climb to the top this dude stand it's like where's where's the simplicity and the genius of like i'm just going to take this dude's knees out because if he can't stand he can't fight he's oh he's seven feet tall archer's you know lance archer's what six eleven or whatever six ten not on his ass he isn't so it's like where's where's the genius behind that where's like the idea of like i can make my match stand out between every other match on this card on a wednesday night on a sunday night on a saturday night because everybody else is like let's start with the wrist lock switch back yep. and forth hammer lock up yep. down headlock takeover Good like old it's, chain. it's where's yeah i'm gonna take your knee out and i'm gonna stretch that son of a bitch and stuff because you ain't gonna be running anywhere like where's the genius in that right now especially like, because in wrestling you know, it, in in every other sport where there's you know weight divisions, wrestling is a sport where a fucking dude who's five seven, 180 pounds can fight a dude who's six eight, 300 pounds. Yeah. That kind of shit is what would make it a believable fight, not you know all the fucking theatrics. It's being a, a trying to. Uh, that's why again, I why I think New Japan is so successful. What they do is because even though they are definitely still pro wrestling, this isn't fucking uh you know uh um uh uh. Antonio Noki's like his whole bullshit trying to make it believable. Like it, but it still feels believable. It feels like an actual fight or combat because they're intelligent. They approach it in a kind of a real fight thing. I've been watching a lot of kickboxing recently, and the amount of matches that end just from leg kicks. That's it. Like not from knockouts, literally just leg kicks. Yep. And it's really eye opening to go like, you know, this is how the world works. Like you said, like it, but. But I will play a little devil's advocate because we know it's not real. What the other, you know, you know, the young bucks and the guys do is also entertaining. Like, you know, but again, I agree with Mike 100 percent. For me, when the revival were in, in NXT, every single match they did was fucking amazing. First of all, because I love tag team wrestling. It, I've loved tag team. I mean, Road Warriors are what got me into pro wrestling. I've loved tag team wrestling my whole life. And I do think it's probably, you can tell better stories with tag team wrestling. I think Vince McMahon is a fucking moron. But Revival brought something back, which is true heel tag teams. It's a whole separate argument. We could talk about that forever. But yes. um, yeah. I'm sure Tank well, had a different point he wanted to make. No, 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 no. I didn't have a, a y'all, look, at the end of the day, what I love uh, is that we can have this conversation over something that we both we, we we can all agree that we love very 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 much. Otherwise, you know what are you know grown men in their mid twenties, thirties, forties, you know, still doing making these podcasts? You know, fuck uh, God, hey, oh. yeah, hey, you know, you know we're, there. You. <laughs> <laughs> we're there, we're there, man, and, and I, I do appreciate it. You know, like especially like Tanner and and, uh, and, and Trevor. Uh, you know, definitely having our differences of what re- what we think is good wrestling and when you know what bad it, wrestling is. And it's, it also, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but it, I just want to point out, like you brought up the H thing, and it does. Like, you know, Tanner and Trevor have a fresher outtake. Me and Mike are old, jaded men who grew up in a different era, um, and we, even though we can appreciate everything that they can appreciate. There is a difference of opinion because it's generational, and that's and, totally cool. I'm and, a, Adam, I'm not... and Adam's just going to like whatever the, the masses like, and he's going to say, hey, yeah, I did it first. <laughs> hey, everything is fine. This guy's Look, Adam, fine. Adam only wants to talk about uh, 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 Jimmy Valiant and the, the Boogie Woogie Man. Yeah, it's Boogie Woogie Man. one Paul Jones. Uh, that's it I do want to give Adam a chance to say any, any, like, any kind of last sentiments and then we're going to close it off with Tanner if, if you don't mind uh, just you know, giving us an, a New Japan update if you want sure 
All right, cool. Adam, what, what, I mean, I know you're kind of uh, pushed back a little bit, but I want to give you uh, your, your moment to shine. No, I appreciate it. I think one of the, the last things that we want to talk about when it comes to a good wrestling match is just allowing something to breathe, right? Like if you need mm. a move, somebody not just selling it, but it has to you have to breathe and let it process. Exactly. And that's one of the things I really loved about watching They Live is when you have Keith David and Roddy Paper fighting, there's like two or three times where they're just like laying down on the ground yeah. trying to catch their breath. And then you think, oh, well, maybe they're going to start talking like, hey, I'm really sorry about that. No, they just go after it again, which is yeah. what would happen in a legitimate street fight. It's like, yeah, you, you saw that. You saw that with Eddie Kingston and Cody last week. You get like, gas and then you, and then you go back at it again. Right. The second. Yeah. And uh, but now with like the Bucks or and it's not just the Bucks. It's a lot of like what's on NXT and AEWs. Everyone's going 90 miles an hour. Like everyone is is just keeps going and going and then they hit a move and someone gets a counter and then you hit another move. Yeah. And after a while it just kinda it becomes boring because tackle nothing drop matters. Down, tackle drop down Canadian destroyer. That's all it is, you know? And it's like, oh my God, what a move. <laughs> oh my God, he's dead. But if you keep going at ninety miles an hour, like you just kinda either get hypnotized or you your attention drops because again, you're not able to process what just happened or care about it. So you have to let Speed things breathe. That, that story you're telling. Right. Yeah. So I think I think we're all kind of um, we're all under the same, I think, basic kind of understanding of, of what a good storytelling and what a good match is. And again, you can have things like where people are going to do 50 different moves and it's just going to kind of build up and escalate and escalate almost like a I don't know, like a DJ beat, like just going and going and going and going and going and going and going. But, you know, does that stuff age well? Like, do you watch something like from ECW exactly. from like 20, 25 years ago where it just it was super hardcore and they just kept going, going and going and going and going? Or does that just look like passe or just look like from another era or just look sloppy? Right. It just yeah. looks, it looks kind of many of us ended up on a sliding down a rabbit hole on YouTube. Like how many times is it like I'm going to watch Flyer and Steamboat 45 minutes beginning to end? Or how many times is it like, I want to see that time Rostin came down and stuff and blasted rock with a chair because that pop was so <laughs> like, you know, resonated in my heart and stuff like there's Adam nailed it perfectly, you know, brilliantly. Like, yeah, all of it, you know, without letting things breathe and stuff like nothing has any any impact anymore. It's funny. We, you know, we can all, you know, the comparisons, you know, in anything in sports and comic books and movies like every kind of uh, uh, anything, any subject someone's passionate about comes with comparisons. Like who's better, you know, who's better, you know, like the, the Kenny Omega or Shawn Michaels better, like, Kenny you Omega. Could, like run who's better. From, yeah. Who's better. Like all of these people, but it's funny like that. I don't think any of us could name someone today that sells better than a steamboat or Morton and Gibson. Brock like, you know what I mean? Like the, I don't think that comes away right away. That's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, can really like make the audience like, you know, like almost tear up at like, you know, come over the rail because like, oh, my God, you know, the Midnight Express is going to rip, you know, Ricky Morton's foot off. Like, I'm fuck it. I'm going to get over there. And but like it's it's, you know, <laughs> yes, like to everybody's point. Yes, everybody knows kayfabe is, is dead and stuff like that. But I don't I don't watch Walking Dead thinking like this dude, you know, that there's actually zombies walking around in the southeast or whatever. But if a boom mic dropped in the middle of one of the scenes, I'm going to be like, motherfuckers, what is that? That's, that's true. Like, that's know, a good like, point. I'm, like, I want to be immersed in the story. Don't like don't like wink and nudge at me and stuff in that moment. But because, you know, major league wrestling is that AEW is doing great bringing this audience that's probably been lapsed or been forgotten about 
But the majority, the folks watching wrestling right now are us, the hardcores. They drove away the mainstream fans. They drove away many of the folks that would come back, you know, that one time a year for WrestleMania to see The Rock come back or whatever. They kept the hardcores and stuff. And those are the folks that are going to be like, see, that's bullshit. It's like the audience that I watch the show with and stuff had a great time, you know, like with the the Dolph McIntyre match because Dolph was bouncing off everything with like a human speedball. The second the Wyatt, you know, Strowman thing started or whatever and stuff, it's like, what is this shit? Like, they don't want, they don't want, like, yes, okay, it's a work, it's a this, that. Don't insult us. Don't make it be like, what the fuck? Like, what does this have to do with anything we just watched? Like, one episode, Superman flew in. Like, what would that mean? Yeah. Like, well, it would would mean that Jerry Lawler was booking the uh, match. And in conclusion, it would be almost like Robocop showing up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And in conclusion, Chucky. there's hey, only quick, so no. many. There's only so many. Wait, hold on. Is there a joke? Jesus Christ. Sorry, Tanner has me win. And I know, but say, before we get off this topic, I have one thing to in, say. In conclusion, there's only so many eyes we can pop out of our sockets before, you know, we're out of ideas. But yes, go ahead, James. Well, because we, when you, when this topic was proposed, <laughs> I thought we were going to discuss Jesus. like great, just examples of like people, like either wrestlers or matches that had great psychology. My thing I want to say is I, I I feel like he does never, and this might be really out of left field, but I think one of the greatest performers to understand real quote unquote Hall. psychology was Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, oh yeah, same thing. Same thing. I think DDP. First <laughs> off, he got over to the point where he was almost over. Like people, the fucking Goldberg crowd had started to embrace DDP. Is DDP Goldberg? No. Is he fucking Shawn Michaels? No. He was but, at that point but, already sort of a middle-aged man. But who, hold on, DDP gave Goldberg his best match ever. But that's what I'm saying. And again, it's not even necessarily if you watch the match, it's not all the crazy spots of the. It's the ring psychology. It's a story they're telling. And it was, again, I think the 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 thing is, if you were really good at ring psychology. Uh, you can connect with a fan base in a really utterly loyal, heartfelt way. And his whole career, he managed to go from this dude that nobody would have ever thought would have gotten to the heights he got and did it purely because he knew how to create his own character. First off, he was a fucking phenomenal heel. He doesn't get enough credit for when he was a piece of shit heel. And then as a face, he was the most authentic face we'd seen in years. But his matches were always about Nobody's going to believe DDP is going to pull this off. And that's incredible because he he time and time again, he managed to either steal the show or get one of the biggest reactions on the show with people like Hogan, people like Sting, people like Ric Flair, people like Goldberg. And that's a huge credit. I don't think he gets the, I don't think I've ever heard him get that credit. I think oh, he deserves he's, he's in my I mean, not, not to be weird, but he's, he is in my top five. He's one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Next to Scott Hall. Scott Hall, too. I mean, I, I really think Scott Hall and him, like, go hand in hand. I mean, they, they mean uh, Scott Hall got DDP in. Uh, but, yeah, no. Um, the other greatest is Dusty Rhodes, and they were – Dusty Rhodes yeah. was his mentor, so I think exactly. there's definitely a thing there, too. Something Mike, what were you saying? No, I was going to say there's a great – I wish I, I can't think of, like, where the source is and stuff, but it's on. It's actually on YouTube if you want to search, search it out. There's a great interview with Diamond Dallas Page on that subject, oddly how the two tie together, um, where he mentions like sitting in the room when Jake Roberts lived with him. And he was like, I'm, he would 
ask Jake, like, you know, do you think I need more moves? And Jake would dissect it and be like, no, fuck no, you don't need more moves. Watch. See how you did this? And stuff. So he stepped back, looked at him, like, grabbed his hair and looked at him for minutes and just let the time build. Like, it's it's those things and stuff. Like, you know, I wish, like, AEW or NXT or any of these companies would use the veterans that they have employed right now. Get everybody to slow down even a little bit. Not change the ring style. Like, you know, I'm not saying, like, we go back yeah. to 1970 or whatever and stuff, but just take a minute to let everything breathe, just like like you guys have all said and stuff. Like, because the the Absolutely. selling something is what really gets the audience hooked, and that's I think Paige was a master at that too. Absolutely, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I do want to I do want to thank uh, all of y'all uh, for y'all's time today. I don't know we, we were we're a little over time, but I do want to give Tanner uh, his time to shine. On, There's uh, no time and, limit to these things. Nobody's writing you angry because the podcast is 90 minutes. Okay. Relax. All right. We're going sure. Broadway. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm We're just making. Iron I'm, I'm, it's not even that. I'm, I'm just trying to be considerate. Look, hey, hey, y'all don't get paid for this, and neither do I, obviously. But yeah, I'm asking you to, to take up y'all's time, and I, I, I very much appreciate that and respect what do it. These nerds have to do anything. Come on, man. Well, I, know I mean, I gotta go to the you bathroom. Know what they're, do? they're gonna end this and go online and talk about wrestling. So fucking relax. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't make that announcement still, Tanner. I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, they're they're right in the middle of the summer struggle. Um, it feels like the G1 that we didn't get. It's you know nonstop you know events every other night or so. Um, so if you still haven't watched, now's a good time to join because you're gonna get to know the roster real quick. Um. That's it. It's been really exciting. It's going to culminate uh, on the 28th. What's up? Oh, yeah. Two, two new weekly shows. There's one for the LA Dojo. I don't know what the second one is going to be yet. Um, I, I would imagine it's main roster, but there, there's no telling at this point. They just need to get a bigger ring, though. That's just the most annoying thing in the world. It I'm sure like they will. It's a fucking tiny-ass, like, you know, line break collision. No. I don't mind it. No. It's so it's, It gives it its unique look. Yeah, it's unique. No, it reminds me of like it reminds me of like uh, Married with Children and Boy Meets World when like Vader <laughs> went to go wrestle and it's like that tiny ring that it's it just annoying. I, I'm just old and angry. I'm sorry. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. But that, that should be the, uh, the tagline for this. I'm just old and angry. I'm that should be the name angry. of the show. I'm sorry. I'm just old and angry. I'm sorry. But, yeah, it's going to culminate on the 28th or the 29th first outdoor event that they're doing in 21 years. So it's going to be oh, fun. Man. If you still haven't watched anything, you should do it. That's it. What's the new title? I'm angry. The new the title. Of- oh, that's right. Yeah, that's. The uh, uh, I've seen a lot of it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you've seen there's a lot of criticism. Not a lot. That's not fair. There's been a significant amount of criticism. Tanner, I don't know if you've run into it. Stuff where folks are saying like that it's, uh, you know, the, the one criticism I've seen levied against New Japan is they can't like they don't have any stiff matches unless it's like associated with the title. So it's like they're using like King of Pro Wrestling to be like, oh, you know, the the winner can choose like a last man standing match or, you know, saying that it's a flaw in Gato, in Gato's booking. But I don't know, truth be told, I don't know that that audience really would, you know, would take no. to like a ladder. Match the other yeah. Like, 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 I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like who wants to see a strap match in new Japan or like a yeah. uh, uh, loser, you know, a pull out an eyeball match. No, that's not, that's not where you're, where you're going to see that. I don't stuff. think anyone wants to see that in any promotion yeah. ever again. <laughs> I didn't watch it oh. the first time and I fucking never will. I'm still upset. They didn't do like 
just the event horizon thing, like just <laughs> eyeball in the hand. Yeah. I'm that is my biggest like uh, just so like, miss opportunity. The, the rumor was there was going to be a CGI eyeball. Like they didn't do that, right? No, 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 no. There was no, no they no, were going to do a CGI eyeball. No, no, no. They, no, they were. No, no, no. They were. Created. They were. They no, were no, going to no, do no, a no. CGI eyeball, and then yeah, they scrapped that, and then yeah, they they I got read. the full prosthetics, and then Vince saw that on camera, and then they literally cut that part out of the broadcast because Vince hated it. So they scrapped the CGI, they scrapped the prosthetic, and then you had Rey Mysterio holding a marble in between his fingers. Which looked like a Pokeball. Yeah. It did. What's that, Mr. Roboto? <laughs> Mike, say that one more time. How bad is it when Vince McMahon is the voice of reason in an instant like that? You're like, oh my god! He should have had the fucking he should have had the fucking forethought that he already know it was a shitty idea to begin with. He got him all the way there. We didn't even talk about the worst news ever, which is apparently uh, Vince McMahon is uh, hates Alistair Black's gimmick and he's gonna fucking repackage him. Oh, which, I thought that you were gonna say he's still alive. That's well, pretty bad. Black. No, no, Vince. Oh no, yeah, that, that's 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 the bad news every day. No, Tre- Trevor, welcome to the show. This is probably the one of the only episodes where James hasn't expressed his interest in Vince McMahon dying. Oh my oh, god. Oh no, I I agree wholeheartedly. I cannot <laughs> no, wait for a seventy a septuagenarian that's all hopped up on steroids trying to. Uh, oh, kind of, I hope he goes to her. Kind of micromanage general. everything. And to get uh, with the fucking casket. All I'm gonna say is I just oh, hope that's, I hope he doesn't. That's a little forever. much. I'm just saying I hope he follows like all the right wings and doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. And goes to Herman. K- yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing to uh, to just to end it on this one for me. I'll end. Oh, it on you're this one. you're gonna choose to end it. He's gonna end okay. the show. Okay. He's wrapping it up, folks. The James Dufresne oh, show. No, there we go. End it, buddy. The last thing I'll say is this. It's in the year 2020. There's so much wrestling on TV. All different things for you to watch. Um, unfortunately, the WWE is is not for anybody. So Vince oh, McMahon died. That's all I'm saying. So bad. Well, I do want to thank everybody out here for your time today. Uh, special, special, special thank you to Trevor. Thank you so much for being on our show today, sir. Yay. How was it? Oh, glad to be here. I had a blast. And I know. You, you, you shared very, very well insight uh i'm very I'm well insight uh, uh yeah i know i'm, I'm looking at I'm very actually, much good insight i'm actually looking at a picture of mr sparkle from the simpsons right now so i think that's, that's where it came from but okay okay mike what do you what do you got to say <laughs> i it would be i would be remiss if i didn't say it and stuff i just wanted to say happy birthday to my you know beautiful little girl who turns 20 god help me today and stuff who's not kidding that, you know, she allowed me to kind of chase my passion tonight and be with you guys, even though it's her 20th birthday tonight. And she was, you know, understanding and stuff to kind of put everything on hold to let me do this because she knows how much you guys being with you guys means that much to me. Being part of the show means that much to me. So happy birthday to my you know beautiful little girl who's finally out of the teen years and 20 years old tonight. So oh, just wanted happy to say birthday, that. Sorry, your dad, you have a uh, fucking absentee father. <laughs> <laughs> Go spend time with your daughter, Mike. Go spend, okay, but really quick, before we go, James. I just want to say, Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We want to thank you again for listening, and we'll see you on the next time. And, this is, and remember to stay studly. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, I got to stop the recording here. Yeah, that's my